Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading from the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is going to be another delightful forum. I love forums. Another delightful forum by the name of the avatars-forums.com. And this is a forum dedicated to people who love the movie Avatar. Now, I've seen Avatar, and I thought it was pretty good. These people did. And I didn't find it a life-changing experience. It was entertaining and captivating and action-packed, but it didn't make me depressed or want to change my life or anything like that. For these people, the movie was a totally different experience. And so, I'm going to read about it. So, won't you please join me as I read for you the Avatar forums from the internet. And the first post is in the Avatar forum, subforum, general Avatar forum, in a thread entitled, Ways to Cope with the Depression of the Dream of Pandora Being Intangible. And the first post is by Zocano. I recently read on the Avatar Typepad blog that people are becoming depressed because of the movie. People are realizing that the dream can't actually come true. I was trying to start a thread where people gave ideas on how to cope with it. As in reading Avatar stuff, writing about Avatar, of course, painting, or whatever. Just give me some ideas and I'll try to help them out. Maybe people reading might even get some good ideas that'll help. Thanks. Zach O. Yanidanis replies, I was on that blog as well. I'll repost here. 1. Listen to the soundtrack. Tracks 10 and 11 are the best. 2. I'm writing an Avatar sequel. The writing gets my mind distracted. And Neytiri replies, How to cope. Start living like Neytiri. In touch with nature, the environment, and not being greedy and wasteful. Pass on the burger for something more healthy for you and less cruel to animals. Spend your time on this forum or volunteering your free time instead of getting high or drinking, twiddling your thumbs, being apathetic, and complaining about how bad the world is. Don't get swept away by the wave of negativity. Live your dream. Your life has only two switches, to shine or not to shine. There is no quote-unquote apathy setting. If you're on apathy setting, you might as well sign your world away to destruction. When you get discouraged by everyone around you, be courageous like Jake and jump on the Leo... What? And jump on the Leonopteryx. Be the change you want to see in your world. There are only so many people on this earth. The more of them that are doing positive things, the less of them that are out there doing negative things. It's unfortunate that we live in a world where, just by pulling a trigger or making a corporate decision, one single greedy human being can wipe out the hard works of love of many people. But this is why we need to stop focusing on money and start focusing on our environment. Because we have the intelligence to kill ourselves, but not the wisdom to stop it. What will our money buy when everything that is worth having is destroyed? The only way you can fill the emptiness you feel after this movie is to jump on the Leonoptrix. Zocano replies, My God, you're a genius. Okoe replies, After I watched Avatar the first time, I felt truly depressed as I wake up in this world again. So after a few days, I went to cinema and watched it again for the second time to relieve the depression and hopeless feeling. Now I listen to the soundtrack and share my views on this forum. It really helps. Kalakuvival replies, First time, I too woke up and got that strange depressed feeling. That forced me to go to the cinema the next day. Again, I got that feeling. Even got it after the third time. Now I think I'm an addict of this depression. And I like it. It kind of makes me a better person. Or something like that. That's why I'm here. 
writing, and eloquent ads. The first time after I woke up, the next day after watching it, I had to see it again. I have seen it four times now, and soon to be a fifth. I think watching it takes away the depression, because when I am watching it, I don't know how to describe how I feel, but it feels good. I just want to forget about it all sometimes. Take down my avatar wallpaper, stop reading about it and whatnot, but I just can't. I have to use a quote from the movie sometimes, I guess. Quote unquote, sooner or later though, you always have to wake up. I heard writing a sequel helps, but I just can't compete with what's been laid out. I don't know if there's any wow addicts out there, but after seeing Avatar, I have lost all desire to play. And trust me, that's like being addicted to any drug. I'm just hoping it will pass over time. But if anyone has any recommendations how to cope, I would love to hear them. And Mikasha replies, Right, totally right. I absolutely agree with Neytiri. Falling into a deep depression doesn't help anyone. And if you feel like sitting at the ground of a deep, deep, dark slash black hole, the only way of helping yourself out of there is climbing. There'll always be persons who might want to help you somehow. Your family, your friends, or others. Every one of them could reach out his slash her hand for you to help you coming out of that damn hole. But that's just a little piece of it. And to completely going out of those depressions is helping finding yourself. You will stuck on it if your mind thinks how cruel this world may be. It is a will, is, it is a will thing, isn't it? Every one of us lives in his own quote-unquote world somehow, right? You have to work on it. Start sharing your world with others. Not only with family. No! Again, I can't explain what I mean, but yeah, as Eloquin already said, Avatar is addicting. It's like a drug worse than WoW. And I played WoW for four years now. The real world is out there. And somewhere, we might be like the Navi. Because there's one thing we have in common. A soul. And that thread goes on for 51 pages. Which is absurd. And four separate threads continuing the thread. So, think about that. That is disturbing. I answered the question for you. It is disturbing. And in a new thread in the Avatar Forum, subforum Pandora, Jean Joey started a thread entitled, I felt like I lived on Pandora before. Smell, taste, any help. And the thread goes like this. Hey everyone, I saw Avatar first time in 2D in a normal cinema. I experienced many different feelings slash body reactions. The most important part is, I felt like I lived on that place before. And it's not deja vu phenomenon. Well, I felt Pandora's sky is so familiar. And even the gas giant planet and the other moons didn't chalk me. It doesn't look alien to me. I said to myself, I've seen that sky before. And in a scene where Jake walked behind Natiri at night, I felt a weird smell. Like a sweet smell mixed with the light smell of animal shit. But then when I retake my breath, I smelt regular odorless smell of the air conditioning. Also, when Natiri drank some kind of water from a pink flower, I experienced the smell of cocktail-like fluid, but with a sweet taste. Only sugary slash sweet, not as regular cocktail. Another point. While watching the movie, I don't know how I knew the Navi are breathing dioxide of carbon or carbon dioxide. Something in my mind told me they're breathing CO2. And the same idea came from that planet's gravity is less than the Earth. I can run freely. After making some search... I realized that the planet has a large quantity of CO2, but they didn't mention if Navi breathed CO2 or not, and the moon is actually have less gravity than Earth. The forests were so familiar. The way the Navi treating animals is too ideal to me. I said to myself, I am sure I used to get connected to animals like this. I used to feel animals like this. 
I felt confusion and actually cried. Did I actually lived out there before or is my mind playing me? A friend told me that it is my mind who did these tricks. I dunno. Did someone experienced something like this before? Thanks. Dreamwalker replies. That's really odd. Maybe someone was eating popcorn near you. Smiley face, LOL. No explanation here. Perhaps you thought about something like this in your dreams. I will get that way about situations sometimes. When I've dreamt about something and then it actually happens, I feel like, whoa, I've definitely felt this before. Tree friend replies. I actually kind of know where you're coming from. I feel like Pandora is very familiar, yet it feels fresh and new every time I see Avatar. The music is very familiar to me as well. I was almost reminded of Tarzan while watching, but I also thought of the other movies and books I've read. You may have had some vivid dreams of similar environments in the past. Jean Joy replies, I'm happy for reading all your answers, and Pandora's life exists. I asked a friend who told me that it was my mind who gave me these feelings slash smell slash tastes because I wanted so bad to be there. Well, it may seem a logical explanation, but I always had a dream of flying and falling, since I remember, and it's actually a family joke, and never experienced something like that. I'm the kind that says, I can control my mind and feelings, so it's not a usual thing for me to experience stuff like this. I have a certain feeling that it's true. Any other fan experience something like that, please share. There is a thread on this forum that talks about Pandora being real. Someone who met a big blue woman in the woods and talked to him with telepathy, etc. Share our hidden dreams to catch the truth. So you know if Pandora exists or no. Thanks again. Hi there, I'm new. And I was initially planning on just reading to get others' views and emotional situation after seeing the film myself and having it affect me. I'm going to give some background, and this may be a long post. Please excuse any grammatical errors or spelling I'm posting from my iPhone. Anyway... I'm a psychology student, and not since I was a child has a movie affected me to the point of wishing I was there in that world. This film has profoundly affected me, as I can tell it has many people. The film obviously has political undertones that deal with our current global warming situation and the simple fact that us, as a human race, are destroying our planet. Pandora is a beautiful place and extremely appealing to many people, due to most people, when they think about their lives, realize that humanity as a whole is a very ugly, destructive race and far from as pure and pristine as the Navi. And in general, the majority of human lives are, in the big picture, meaningless, unlike the world of Pandora. All this aside, pertaining to your original post, I have a spiritual stance I've developed over the years from my own personal opinions and recently confirmed by ideas written by others. It's based on the fact that we all live multiple lives. Now, I realize that many of you have strong religious beliefs and stances, but just open your minds for a moment. I'm not saying your quote-unquote God is false, but would a benevolent being really only give the soul one chance to get things right? With that being said, I do believe there's a higher God in the big mix of things, but I don't think if you don't do what he says, you're going to hell. I do think that doing quote-unquote right things in a life can raise you to a higher level, which I'll explain later, but doing things quote-unquote wrong won't damn you forever. The whole basis of this quote-unquote idea is that souls quote-unquote cycle through life forms through time. Now, assuming there is other life in the universe, you can see how you may have quote-unquote experienced things like this before, or it may be a form of synesthesia. I don't know. I do believe an organism has to evolve to a point of intellectual awareness before a soul can enter. This would explain why you weren't a cat or an ant. I also think that as a soul matures, it will have a tendency to enter quote-unquote higher life forms, and the actions it does in that life could decide which direction the soul will go. I could go a lot deeper into this, like soul's realms or whatnot, but I kind of felt that 
With everyone being depressed with our world not being like Pandora, this may make some feel better and could give the OP some insight. Look at it this way. We've all been dead once, before we were born. Life existed long before we weren't here, but now we are. I don't know, maybe I'm just ranting, but I hope it interests or helps people. I'm willing to continue explaining the whole concept too, if anyone's interested. And I hope no one was interested. Ew replies, I know exactly what you mean. When I first heard of the Forerunners from Halo, I was intrigued. I guessed a lot of things about them. Then when I got the Halo history book, I nearly passed out. Almost everything I guessed about them was true. Most likely, just a lot of guesses. I don't know. I'm going to stop reading that thread there because once you start crossing Avatar and Halo mythologies, it's just going to end up ugly. It just You just can't do that. It's like, uh, that's not like peanut butter and chocolate. It's not a Reese's peanut butter cup of ideas. Let's move on. And in a new thread in the Avatar forums, subforum general forums, subforum the Navi movement, Solom started a thread entitled The Way of Iwa. I honestly wasn't sure where to put this post. I actually found this site yesterday and signed up today because people seem very open-minded here. I'm here because I'd like to introduce something I've created. You see, for a long time, I believed in a creator, brackets God, and an energy, such as Chi, as described in Taoism. For nearly 13 years, I've wanted to find some sort of common ground, a term that could describe them both, but have been unsuccessful. That is... Until I saw Avatar. The idea of Iwa seems to encompass a great many religions we have here on Earth. She is both the creator and spirit of Pandora, as well as the energy that flows through all living things. It is not my intention to create a new religion, but rather to hopefully come to a better understanding of the ones we already have, to unite them in some way. I've started small, with a website that contains a brief explanation of what I think Iwa is, and included links for those who want to find a similar way of thinking. I'd very much like to hear what other people think Iwa is, and include that on the site. It can be found here. And there's a link to a site called The Way of Iwa at... Uh, uh, I'll put a link to it on my site. Anyway. Unil Mi Tokuks replies... I find your post very insightful and very deep. I'm glad that there are other people out there that are still in touch with something. I'm not here to disagree, although I don't necessarily believe in Gaia. However, I want to encourage all of you. If you don't believe in anything spiritual, then how do you see meaning in life? I'm afraid I'm going to be a bit blunt, but this thread is sort of off topic from the Navi movement. You may want to check out the link below to the thread The Iwa Theory. There may have been some great discussions going on there about the concept of Iwa and how she can actually be present in our own lives. I continue to welcome your posts, but I just want to say that the Navi movement does not specifically lean towards any spiritual connection. And Tsetsu Tsamsiu replies, I think Iwa really exists. You see, she is like Mother Earth. She is the nature she gives life and takes it. It is an religion that is not only in a movie, you can call him slash her slash it however you want, Gaia or Iwa. It is like the religion of old Indians. You don't need to found a new religion. It exists already. And I think that many humans are practicing this religion, but call it different. And Malu Tek Tek replies, 
I would love to believe that there is an all-caring, all-loving mother out there, but I have received a message from my dead grandmother shortly after she died two years ago that the Christian God is real, so I'm afraid to believe in others. But I do believe he is not cold-hearted as the Bible says. We are his children, and he will take care of us. I mean no offense to anyone and in no way want to start a religious debate. I accept any and all religions. Except that he's obviously afraid to go to hell of one of the religions. Anyway, moving on. And staying in the Navi movement subform, Joey Loves Gaia writes in a thread he entitled, Revolt Against Money. People have been fighting for workers for the indigenous and Gaia for generations, yet things keep getting worse. Why? Well, to be short, it's money. The ones who print money, the ones who manage money, the ones who have the most money are essentially the same old boys club. They claim to compete, but they're all in cahoots. The money is just symbols on paper or bits in a computer. An illusion. They have tricked us into thinking that money is a real thing, that we need it to survive. When the truth is we need the earth and certain skills to survive, like farming, house building, and forming a community with one's neighbors. They have prevented us from learning these skills, maneuvered us into over-specializing and killed our sense of community. They have made us dependent on their machines for our very lives. Worse, they are so greedy, short-sighted and stupid, they are running us into the ground. It's not too late. We can relearn the skills we and our great-grandchildren need to live. We can start talking to people and rebuilding our communities. We can revive the gift economy, build a new resource-based economy, and start valuing people in nature over pieces of paper. Do, of course, make that donation to Survival International, the Sierra Club, etc. While the machine is still strong, we have to use the weapons of the enemy, so to speak, to protect the vulnerable against it. But don't be fooled into thinking this will solve the problem. Those who control money are very good at making sure the victims never have enough of it. When fighting the beast, it is not enough to slice off a tentacle here, a claw there. You must stab it through the heart. And Mr. replies, Mate, do that. You're not going to have the fucking internet, cars, films, TV. 99.999% of us are happier with these things. If you, 0.00001%, want to live without money, go ahead and try it for five weeks. I guarantee you'll be ten times more depressed. RDA Goon replies, Nothing like railing against how evil money is than asking people to make a donation to the Sierra Club with money. What a hypocrite. So what happens when I want some apples and the apple grower doesn't want what I'm offering? I can't get the apples. Money is a universal system of value that makes it so people can get what they want and need and not have to worry about that crap. Until we make things out of thin air, like on Star Trek, there will always be money. It's better than robbing and stealing what we want. Natiri replies, The truth is that no one needs money to survive. However, human culture is so entrenched in money that to whisk it away from people cold turkey, there would be tremendous upheaval. Yes, money is the tool of the cognitive miser. Yes, it is a cheap shot to, to our heart and to our intelligence. Yes, it is a miserly attempt at happiness. However, it is the path humanity has chosen for thousands of years. Yes, it's a simple-minded, idiotic attempt to reduce our world to one variable, money. Yes, simplification to one variable is useful in theory, but when you apply it to real life to the extent we have done with money, 
Yes, it is going to wreak havoc on our real wealth. But again, humanity has made this choice for thousands of years. We should not have money because it takes the focus off our real wealth, ourselves, our family, our community, and our environment, and puts the center of attention on a piece of paper. However, we are entrenched in it. The next best thing to abolish, a common medium of exchange, is to begin shifting to what the Navi movement recommends, which is relocalization. Getting our focus back to our communities in the context of a monetary system. Getting back to our real world, our communities, only faceless corporations. This is the only beast that can survive and thrive on an international level. The human animal best thrives on the local community level. The power of the people lies in the existence of many small local owners, not a few gigantic consolidated international behemoths. Getting our focus back on community cooperation instead of continuing on this destructive path of every man island unto self simpleton type of competition is what we need to be doing. This is all we really need to do in order to make a great change to our way of life. Reevaluate our understanding of freedom. Consciously acknowledge that money is not our real wealth. It is a human being and his slash her land, self, others, family, community, and environment. This is our land. Remember, the human being understands the importance of humanity and nature. They are our lifeblood. For the corporation, the lifeblood is money. Humanity and nature are not factored in. RDA Goon replies, Blaming money for human greed is like blaming the gun or knife for a murder. Completely crazy. Ugh, people are, these people are crazy. <laughs> and we'll leave that nonsense behind and go on to some new nonsense in a thread in the general forums, subforum debate forum, and a thread started by Natiri Ponquatrich entitled, Angelina Jolie, Hotter Than Natiri? What do you guys think? I know that the picture doesn't show her as Navi, but you can speculate as to what she might look like, which would no doubt be muy caliente. Navi Angelina or Navi Natiri? Thoughts? Uni Litranolalix. <laughs> I can't even pronounce this. Uni replies. No, Angelina Jolie is materialistic and obsessed with money. And that is an instant turnoff for me, no matter how hot. Dave C. replies, 1,000% definitely no, but doesn't actually state a preference. Unitirilani U. replies, I think Angelina Jolie is way overrated, so I'll go with Natiri. Top Gear replies, nah, I'd definitely go with Natiri. Tyra Fayo replies, difficult to say. AJ is Laura Croft equals hot. AJ is Navi equals probably. Sky People replies, Natiri. I don't necessarily have an issue with Angelina. It's just a preference. Maris replies, I'd fuck that. But again, doesn't state a preference and is apparently banned. Neonium replies, Natiri is a fully fleshed out character. Angelina is just a face. Anyone who is not superficial should find this an easy choice. G.A. Peaster replies, No way. Angelina Jolie is a bad actor. And she has lips like a carp. LOL. Avatar Blues 87 replies, Navi is fine as heck. I'd trake her any day and twice on Tuesday. Three exclamation points. And this thread has more than five pages of posts, but I will just finish with this first one on the first page. Tihuanu replies, Haha, no offense to Angelina, but no freaking way is she hotter than Natiri. More importantly, I find Natiri's beautiful personality, courage, purity, innocence, tenacity, the most attractive part of her. And in those regards, 
She is second to none. Okay, she is second to none in terms of hotness, too. LOL. Yes, I'm sure that her personality is really what you want to get into, and not her alien blue space vagina. Let's be honest. All right, moving on to the next thread of stupidity. And the next thread in the debate forum is entitled, Why the Marines Should Have Won by Sog Powder. Now, I'm not going to go through a woulda, shoulda, coulda speech, but there is movie evidence that the Marines should have won. Should have used a V-2 rocket to send more explosive payloads into the Tree of Souls more than 160 miles away. Example 1. Arrows going through helicopter glass. Now, I admit those bows and arrows are pretty impressive. It looks like they are shooting large spears. However, when they were quote-unquote removing home tree, the Navi's arrows were just bouncing off the glass like it was nothing. However, in the last battle, they were going through the glass like it was nothing. In our time... We have had things called ballistas. They shoot much bigger arrows much faster. Ballistic testing done on this weapon have proved it unable to break bulletproof glass. Wish I could provide the source of, but it was on a History Channel show and I can't seem to find a clip of it. I highly doubt that the military would not put bulletproof glass in attack vehicles. Should have used an AC-130 Spectre gunships. Example 2. Rockets in the prop. You remember the scene where Jake throws the missile at the gunship prop? That scene had been bugging me for a while. Why did it blow up? Well, gee, Soggy, he threw a missile at it. Wrong. What idiots would go around flying with armed missiles? The commander in this movie was an idiotic joke. But even if he did fly around with that thing armed, he would have died a long time ago. The countdown timer would have expired and boom. If you don't arm the weapon, they will not go off ever. Well, gee, Soggy, the fuel in the prop ignited. Wrong again. In modern helicopters, the fuel source is far away from the prop. It's a matter of fact, the prop is turned by a complex system of cams and shafts. It's not like saying your car engine is going to catch fire because your back axle is burning. It just wouldn't happen. Should have used F-22 Raptors. Example 3. Breathing in the gas. In the very last fight between the commander and Jake, the commander breaks open the 50s diner, the trailer, letting in the poisonous gas. You see the gas enter Jake's link unit from the fact that they use that wavy air distortion. A few seconds later, when the link unit is full of this gas, Jake takes a deep breath in of the poisonous gas. 22 seconds later, he should be out, but not in the movie. He fights for another good minute and then manages to stumble out of the unit trying to grab a mask. At this point, he should be half dead. When you breathe in something caustic that will kill you over time, it's not like you just stays in your lung like a ticking time bomb. Not at all. When they said you'll be dead in four minutes, that means you will have had enough damage to your lungs or to your brain that it will have killed you. It's like saying you could live for 30 seconds in mustard gas, but you're not going to want to live past one. Should you use M198s? That mixed with other deus ex machinus plot holes, the Marines should have won. Oh well, I guess victory can wait 13 years for reinforcements to come back for the ore. I don't think they will pussyfoot around the natives next time. Avatar Guy 4 replies, Yeah, and in the book it says the UN limits the weapons available for the RDA to bring to Pandora. Iwo would have probably find a way to retaliate anyways. And Turu Makto replies, Yes, it is the biggest deus ex machina, and so what? In film school, and in all film courses without exception, not to use God from a machine ending to solve your plot problems. At the same time, Raiders of the Lost Ark is being taught as the best movie-slash-screenplay to model your movie after, and ends with what? You guessed it, deus ex machina. When the gods come out of the Ark and fry the Nazis, it's considered to be one of the greatest adventure films ever made. And so is Avatar. For the win. Sog Powder replies, The Nazis summoned God from the Ark. Could that happen, maybe? We don't know what the Ark does. And as you can imagine, it goes on and on with people debunking the bulletproof glass theory and thick glass thicknesses and arguing the ridiculous point that uh, 
how these things were possible or not possible. <laughs> anyway. And yet another debate thread. Jabibins starts a thread entitled Navi Battle Tactics. And it goes like this. I hope in Avatar 2, Jake teaches the Navi about general tactics, such as flanking. The full frontal horse people attack was a bad idea. And circle while shooting. Parthian circle. If these tactics were used, I am convinced that the horse people wouldn't have been decimated how they were, or at least would have inflicted far worse casualties on the RDA ground troops. Split the horses into groups of 10 riders. Have those riders start riding in circles. The closest rider fires his bow and uses the rest of the circle to reload and aim. Dire horses are huge and would have been very stable firing platforms, especially since you are bonded with the creature giving it commands telepathically. Ikran warrior tactics seem as good as they could get. I mean, there's not much you can do after the first quick downward charge. After that, your arrows will most likely miss and not do enough damage. They could have attacked in waves and more coordinated. But hey, I give them the benefit of the doubt, with not very much time or planning, and assuming Navi weren't warlike and don't practice fighting anything but animals often. What do you guys think? Could the Navi have used better tactics? Or did they do the best they could? Sunnyside replies, the horrible vulnerability of the airships using rotor-based designs. They could have tried having Ikran droop some heavy branches in there. The trouble with circle tactics for the horsemen is they would be generally outranged by the AMP suits and likely the foot soldiers as well, and they would have had a far slower rate of fire. Those techniques are typically used against slow infantry without weapons or sufficient reach. Flanking could have helped, but it could have easily been botched. Then again, these are spear and shield infantrymen. They can respond to flankers by turning and firing. Its potential advantage would be in having more total riders per wave. But if their timing was off, such as the delays resulted in a slower rate of riders coming in, it would likely have made things worse. On the note of time, since the air battle is what really mattered, getting in there swiftly without waiting or, or organized to maneuver in order to help keep as many guns off the flyers as possible might have been horrible for them, but the overall best action given the situation. Wild Feature replies, I still don't get why the Navi didn't just smash them. Surely there were many Ikran riders as there were helicopter thingies. Why didn't they just pick one each and knocked it out? With the element of surprise on their side as well as the altitude, they should have won. Yeah, I agree on the rotor design. Just take a huge rock from a mile up and dive down with it and let it crash the rotor, and that dragon ship would have been disabled. As for the ground, I think the Navi stealth is their greatest advantage. Say half of the force were hidden in the trees firing arrows down at them. Most of the others on dire horses outflanking them. The RDA would have likely responded forming a circle, facing outwards. Since the Navi could dictate where the battle took place, they could have hidden in the ground. These would attack the RDA from within the circle. Punishing Wrath replies, Navi tactics weren't good so much as it was RDA tactics were idiotic. They looked like a bunch of idiots bumbling through the woods. The airships barely even responded to attack. The simplest thing they could have done is just drop napalm on the forest, let the fire spread, and burn out any Navi hidden in them, eliminating half the threat right there. After that, coordinate with the aerial forces, with the ground forces, and set up the effective crossfire that would blow the Navi out of the skies with little trouble. The fight would have been over in a matter of minutes, with minimal casualties on the RDA's part. Sunnyside replies, Hmm, I doubt a fire would spread like that there. Pandora is in a tinderbox like California. I'm guessing that there are sort of trees you'd have to slash before they'd burn well. But on many levels, the only rationale for the RDA's actions was gross overconfidence. However, that wouldn't be the first time in history gross overconfidence has cost someone a battle. And in RDA's offense, they couldn't have seen Deus Ex Iwa coming and likely thought Jake dead as opposed to flying over on a dragon with a bunch of explosives. 
I think James is going to have his work cut out for him, making a believable sequel in that RDA really can bring so much more potential devastation to bear. Still, he did much better with Avatar than I expected, so I have high hopes. And Pushing Wrath replies, You ever seen what Napalm does? It's not like holding a torch up to a tree. Napalm is not picky about what burns and what doesn't. Enough napalm, and that forest is burning down no matter how wet it is. Or we could go back to old-fashioned tactics and start dumping quicklime everywhere. But that would be so much more difficult. Oh, man, I cannot read any more of this debate. All right, moving on. And finally, to end this podcast, we're going to dip into a very, very touchy subject. In the world of Navi. In Pandora. Whatever. Avatar. In a thread in the Avatar subforum... Navi Culture and Language Subforum in a thread entitled Navi Homosexuality by Tana. Hello, I just want to know your point of view. Can two male slash female Navi mate? Iwa's vision of homosexuality is the same that religions manage on Earth? Are the Navi more evolved in this aspect? And Wood Sprite replies, Are you saying the Navi might be evolutionary superior to humans because they might be able to be homosexual without consequence, like we have here on Earth if you are? Tana replies, No, I think they're more evolved in acceptance matters. They respect all life around them. Remember the quote-unquote clean kill part? Even when hunting, they show some respect. Oh, there's already another thread about it. Human No More replies, Can't change the biological fact that you need a male and female to reproduce. I doubt that homosexuality is widespread in the Navi, if it exists, simply because they lack a culture similar to humans. That said, if there are any, I would guess the Navi would be more tolerant than most humans. Natiri Fanboy replies, Well, I don't know if homosexuality exists or not with the Navi. The first point is, it may not exist in the Navi. They are a different species and simply may not have homosexual attraction at all. So the question may be irrelevant. However, if they do have homosexual attraction, then it becomes more complicated. I suspect they would favor heterosexual relationships because that can produce children while a monogamous homosexual relationship cannot. I suspect that a tribal society like the Navi would want to encourage a high birth rate given the natural dangers on Pandora. However, they may or may not be tolerant to pure homosexual relationships. I personally hope they would be tolerant taking the philosophical view that exiling someone for being homosexual is not good either for the individual or for the tribe as a whole. However, a homosexual individual cannot produce children. They are still useful to the tribe as a whole as hunters, gatherers, warriors, and storytellers, just in the same way that an infertile heterosexual male or female would be. My personal view is that they would be tolerant, while regarding it not as being an ideal situation. I doubt they have any dogmatic religious beliefs that would prohibit or result in the victimization of homosexuality <laughs> the victimization of homosexuality but after saying all that i really have no idea and that is going to do it for this episode of lou reads the internet for you the avatar forums edition i hope that you've enjoyed this nonsense and that you are not one of these people because it must be a terrible existence to constantly be obsessing about the movie Avatar. And can you imagine how these people felt when it didn't win Best Picture, that instead another war film, The Hurt Locker, did? But I guess that director and film had been touched by James Cameron's magicalness in the fact that she was his ex-wife. I didn't see that movie. <laughs> anyway, as always, I implore you to rate this podcast favorably and keep submitting suggestions to me at loureads at gmail.com. And for those of you who are on the fan, the Facebook fan page, there's a button on there that says suggest to friends. And you can suggest it to everyone you know. Imagine that. You would have something to talk about with every single person you know if everyone joined. 
the Facebook fan page for Lou Reads. And just think about that. Every year, teachers, your family, you'd all be able to get together and talk about the Avatar forums and how retarded they are, and all about bug chasing, and all about people's experiences with drugs, and pretend that they weren't your experiences too. Wouldn't that be great? You'd all be able to get together under the Lou Reads umbrella of celebrating stupid things. Thanks again. I always thank, I thank people like three times. I thank you guys for listening like five times at the end of every podcast. I'm that thankful. Okay. So thanks again for listening. My name is Lou. This has been Lou Reads, the internet for you. We'll see you soon. Or I see you.